Hey, audio listener, what you're about to listen to is a bonus unhinged episode of Conspiracy Pilled, which is normally behind the paywall. You can get this type of content by going to rockfin.com slash conspiracy pilled or by joining our locals channel at conspiracypilled.locals.com. But we're giving this one to you for free. So if you enjoy it, please think about supporting the show and coming over to one of those things linked in the description below. Now enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Pilled Unhinge. Today, we're talking about the sound of freedom. Ka-ka! Is that the sound of freedom? Like an eagle? I think it's I like think it's drums. A- I think yeah. I think if you watch the movie, it's drums. That's right. Yeah, so we did actually go watch the movie. And I, man, for the whole time, even before it came out, we were seeing conspiracy theories around it. And it started off... From uh, the obvious, you know, pedo lover <laughs> sympathizers. Yeah, the people you would expect to be dragging the movie were dragging the movie. They were ab- that was absolutely happening, and it started before they ever saw the movie. These people have never seen the movie; they never watched the movie. And like the only, I'm not saying they were given any like real f- fodder to go after, but I mean, as soon as Jim Caviezel says anything that could be related to Q- QAnon. Yeah, uh, they lose their minds. They lost their minds. They were going to regardless. Right. He didn't even have to give it to them. But I, I you know, I talked to um, uh, Daryl on this uh, show a few weeks ago, and we were both talking about like, eh, I mean, he's saying things that are real. Like, you want to call everything that's conspiracy related QAnon fine, but he's also the actor. But we're gonna get into all of that. right. We're gonna get into all the conspiracy theories around it. Uh, before we do that, though, before I even like delved into some of these things, I really just want to see the movie for myself. Yes. And we went and saw it. And just before we even get any of the stuff, like what was your, did, what did you think of the movie? And what what did you feel coming out of the movie? Because I think that's two important questions with this. I thought it was really good. And not just because the, the message was good. Because the message, we knew, we knew that the message was good. Right. You don't even have to watch the movie to be like, yes, this is going to say right. what I want it to say. But I am of the opinion that if your message is good, it is that much more important that your movie has to be good. And it was. Yes. I was so relieved because I want the art to reflect the message. I don't want it to be like message first and then, you know, if it happens to be good, so be it. No, this was a legitimately good movie. And Mm -hmm. it was good. It was better than I thought it would be because when I asked people about it, they're like, well, you know, it wasn't like explosions and gunshots and craziness, but it was still good. And I was like, well... Does that mean it was like, okay, no, but like legitimately, I liked that it was not an over the top taken, uh, you know, remake. Um, I actually thought it was better. I know I already don't like the movie taken. I've talked about that. I can give my reasons why, but like, I thought it was better because it was, it was more serious. The acting was 
phenomenal. Mm-hmm. May, I don't it know, was but, it was good. Yeah. yeah, I thought the actor Jim Caviezel was the fantastic. children did amazing. Yes, yeah, there wasn't any child actors that was like, eh. no, yeah. everybody was good. I think the I, I really don't have a lot of complaints. I was really pleasantly surprised with just how good it was. It really did do the emotional appeal super well. It hit real hard. Right. Yeah. The acting hit, um, the children's acting hit, and the, just the dialogue was good. There, there, were, there were pieces of information about child sex trafficking and the way they were delivered in conversation was just like, holy shit. Because I know what it is. Yes, yes. And I think that that's the point is that for even for people who know what it is, Mm-hmm. It hits home with a reality in a way that I, nobody is thinking about. Yeah, yeah, and you know, a lot of people keep comparing this to the last time Jim Caviezel did a really controversial movie, The Passion of the Christ. And I feel like both of them were movies where I went in going, "I know the story. I know what I'm supposed to feel. I know it's got the message right. I want to have. I'm not going to get emotional over it." Sure. I don't know. This one tugged at my heartstrings like I really cried. hard. Yeah. <laughs> I said yeah. this on our other show, but I, I, this is not a joke. I had a single manly tear came from my right <laughs> eye and then I gave myself a headache holding back the rest of them. <laughs> the rest of them. Cause it was, there was a few scenes that were just yeah. like, wow, that really got to me. The dialogue was fantastic. I'm a big fan of movies that don't feel the need to be over the top with action mm-hmm. that can still be compelling and, and keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time. And this was, I, this was more of that kind of movie. I don't understand the critique about action because I didn't go in expecting it to be action. I I, I went in expecting right. it to be about child trafficking. No, it's because people yeah. they they watch a lot of corny movies. Well, this is going to be a big thing about what I want to talk about is I feel like the reason that these movies like this is not the first movie that's talked about child trafficking. Right. It's far from it. Right. But the reason that none of them have had the impact of this is because the action actually cheapens it. Yes. When, it, when it becomes an 80s, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger revenge tale where he's just like killing untold numbers of faceless bad guys, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. And this one had all of the all of the acting was first. All of the scenes and the dialogue came first. And it wasn't less because it was a budget movie that couldn't afford the action. It was more because it focused on the acting, the dialogue, and even the cinematography was was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I thought the the way they began and ended the movie was was very powerful. I thought that they did a really good job with what they had. Like you could tell that it was a lower. You could tell if you were looking. Yes. That it was a lower budget, but they did a. There's there are low lower budget films that try to do too much and then they sh- like they don't do they it well. It. Yeah, yeah. And this was one of those like. It worked they so did, well in its budget that exactly. it was essentially flawless for for what it was. They stayed in their lane you're, and you're, they did what yeah. they could do well. And your only complaint that we've talked about about this movie is you just didn't like the tagline, yeah. God's children are not for sale. And I get it. I, it's a marketing thing. I yeah. just excused it instantly going, they needed a line to sell the movie. They, they did. put it in the movie. It wasn't. It didn't overly cheapen anything, but I can see, like in my mind, I was like, oh, you know, it's a good line. But then you explain it, it's like, eh. He probably would have said more than like one single line in that spot. It's like fair. It's, but at that point you're nitpicking it. Like exactly you are, but like at that point it becomes a nitpicking. That is a nitpick. Yes. Yeah, the aggregate of it. And then, but it it does say something. If the only thing I can think of (laughs) to (laughs) critique is the tagline that you knew was going to be in the movie. Exactly. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that, and that says a lot about it. And I'm yeah. a fan of movies, um, and I'm not saying this because I liked the message. I truly felt like it was a yeah. very, very good movie. I thought uh, the use of music and the use of quiet was really good. Yes, yes. And well, the other thing that said you, you said was a little weird was like how much they laugh. And but it I was, feel like that sold the creepiness did. of what these people were up it to. It did. It wasn't even a critique. It was something that stood out to me about the movie, how often the people who are pretending to be bad to get in and then the bad guys, they laugh together about their evil plans. And it's just like this kind of awkward, almost guilty yeah. yeah, reveling in their evil laugh. This is one of those few times where the villain doesn't need to have a compelling reason. They yep. are comically evil. They're just bad. They are just deranged, psychotic evil. Yeah. And there's no way to show that without just showing the, the, mental depravity that came through their laughter. And I thought, I thought mm. it was actually used well. It was really cool. Yeah. I think it was kind of comic relief without being comic relief. There, there was one scene. I wish I could remember it where it was legitimately comic relief. And I was so glad for it. It did not come off as cheap. Yeah. And I can't, cause we were all feeling emotion. And I noticed everybody laughed and looked at each other like, Oh, thank God. <sighs> it like pulled me back. I wish I could yeah. remember what it was. I just remember being relieved. I was like, that was heavy. Thank you for bringing me back out of it a little bit because yeah. it's going to get heavy again. So even that was, oh man, I don't, do you remember what it was? I don't remember what it was. We all but laughed I, and looked at each other, but I don't remember what it. I remember just that they released the tension yeah. when they needed to. Yeah, and that was yeah. that was nice. What? Okay, so next question. Then I want to get into the conspiracy stuff. What was your feeling motivations maybe coming out of the movie? I felt sadder than I've ever felt in my life about child trafficking. Yeah. I think there were things that hit me about how big it is and what a big deal. it. I think the thing that, that I left with that hit the harder than anything else was that one line and I'm going to butcher it, but something like you can sell a bag of crack once mm-hmm. or you can take a five-year-old and sell that child every day, five to eight times a day for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, when I think about child trafficking, I, I've always just thought like, yeah, they go through some rapes mm-hmm. and I don't, you, I don't think anybody thinks of it like that. I don't think anybody thinks never five to eight times a day for, for 10 years. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And that, and that whole scene, uh, and there's going to be spoilers in this, but, uh, before you, if, if you thought about watching the movie and you want to watch this episode, I highly recommend it. That's what I'll start off the episode saying. I think you should watch this movie. We'll explain why even through all the conspiracy stuff that's going on around this. I think you should absolutely, absolutely watch this movie, but we're going to spoil it a bit. So, but yeah, he was trying to sell, he was trying to get that billionaire to come in and, Mm -hmm. and fund. And he was even like, even after all of that, he kind of walked away from it and it just tugged at him so much that he came back and, and was in on it. I think this is the type of movie too, that it doesn't hurt to spoil it. In fact, I think honestly, you could have spoiled everything for me and I wouldn't have felt any different watching this. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was an experience, but I, I, you said it, you felt sadder about this than you ever have. And we had just covered the finders, and the finders wrecked me. It was awful. Yeah. And you cried during that episode (laughs) and even, and I, I'm with you. I was like, wow, I feel more compelled to do something about this and to find a way to help than I ever have in my life. And if that's, <laughs> we're going to get into it, but I'm just like, yeah. the, the that in and of itself makes the movie worth it is my point. Yeah. The two things I think that were 
in both of them, the finders and in stronger after watching the movie was just, there has to be something more I can do than just talk about it. Right. Like talking about it is, is good. We have to yes bring attention to it, but there has to be something more like an evil that is this big and this awful can't exist in the world without there being something I'm allowed to do about it. <laughs> and that's something we're going to, I want to get to in the end of the episode, because that is exactly how I felt. And that is exactly the types of conversations that you and me have had since mm-hmm. leaving the theater, what, two or three days ago. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some of the claims. We're going to go for, for all kinds of claims. Um, the first one, the, the most obvious one that we've already kind of talked about is that this film is propaganda and it's bad somehow. So let's, uh, is this one unmuted? Okay, we're good on that. Yeah. All right. So this is uh, this is the first TikTok because there's all kinds of stuff. I thought everybody already knew this, but apparently they don't. So I'm going to talk about it. The Sound of Freedom, you know, the movie that uh, either is coming out or just came out, is right wing propaganda. Not only did the guy involved with the making of the film and the guy who the story is about lie and embellish his story, not only do they conflate consensual Shrek's work with trafficking, not only was the work of this dude's group called arrogant, unethical, and illegal by human trafficking experts, but the dudes in charge of this movie are involved in the QAnon movement. The alarming part is, I've seen a lot of people on this app excited about this movie and, like, all for it. You're falling for right-wing propaganda because they're using buzzwords that you happen to like. This is right up there with the work of Exodus Cry. And if you've been following me for any amount of time, you know how I feel about that group. And if you don't know, I have a whole playlist doing an expose on that group. Maybe I'll make an expose on this group too. Anyway, again, this is propaganda. Do not go see it. Does trafficking happen? Yes, it sure does. The vast majority of trafficking doesn't happen through kidnapping. Much like SA and CSA, it's usually people who know the victim doing the trafficking. Things like parents selling their children. Okay, so obviously the main claim... Right-wing propaganda. This girl creep you out as much as she creeps me out. Oh, yeah. No, she's Un- creepy. She's I have, unhinged in a bad way. I have comments. Okay, the first thing she says, they conflate consensual sex work with child trafficking, with tra- with human trafficking. The movie is only yeah. about child trafficking. So she's saying that there's any consensual sex work in this movie at all. She's okay. a pedophile. She I'm sorry. She hasn't seen the movie. Obviously, she, has, she, she says hasn't. this before it comes she out, hasn't. which is a really stupid time to make a claim about a movie that isn't out and you haven't seen. Yeah. If she's saying that, let's let's look at the one scene in the film where that could even be alleged about. Sure. Right? Sure. It's with uh, Jorge or the guy they call Batman. And he says that he slept with a girl thinking she was in her 20s, turned out she was 14, and he wanted to kill himself over it. Mm-hmm. Is that what she's claiming is the consensual? Because like she she was on the street hooking and he paid her and it's like, it's fine. That's the sports. only one that's not Is that up. what she's talking about. That's, that's literally the only sex act in the movie that is remotely consensual. Right. It's still with a 14 year old girl. And he said that he saw the pain in her. Like it was a heart wrenching scene where like this guy yeah. is trying to do penance. He's, he feels like 
a scumbag as he should, and he wants yeah. to fix his life over. So yeah, that's just dumb. I don't know, she's just creepy. The the propaganda, it's it's right wing propaganda. We're gonna get into all of her claims, but I want to watch a few more of these first before I comment on the there, there's more left-wing attacks. Let's watch another one. Then I want to see a text. Controversial right-wing luminary so. is getting his moment in the spotlight with the new film Sound of Freedom, which hit third place in the box office this weekend, just behind Indiana Jones. Sound of Freedom is a hagiography of Tim Ballard and his group Operation Underground Railroad, which claims a long history of heroic, daring, and often unproven anti-trafficking rescues in foreign countries. So we've been reporting on Tim Ballard and OUR for years now, and the main takeaway is that a number of their claims about the world... I'm just going to pause it right here. That's a lot of Vice what are, articles. What are four out of five. Yeah, four <laughs> out of five of those are Vice articles. And then one of those motherboard, which is just as the bad. same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in case you guys didn't catch our episode on the Finders, they are able to look through in that episode 652 pages proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that these people were trafficking kids, that they were abusing kids, that they were literally raping kids. Like that's all in the documents, right? And they said, oh, it's a big conspiracy theory. So if you're going to Vice, the pedo apologists of everything that they possibly can for your information. I already don't trust you, but let's keep going. Work that they do are dramatically overstated or don't even have clear evidence to back it up. One example is the case of someone that we're calling Liliana. She's a young trafficking survivor. Ballard told a fanciful story in a congressional testimony about OUR's supposed involvement in her rescue. But as her reporting showed, she actually rescued herself, and she didn't even meet OUR representatives until years after the fact. OUR also led this bizarre, blundering attempted rescue on the Haiti-Dominican Republic border based on intelligence sourced from none other than a Utah psychic medium. And that psychic medium eventually went on to work as an executive director for an OUR-backed group. OUR's sister organization, the Nazarene Fund, which was founded by right-wing media personality Glenn Beck, claimed without a lot of... Of how they can just say, oh, this was funded by this person I don't like. Shock face! Like... Okay, like, like I don't like that's their point at at the root of this. It's like Glenn Beck, the nerve of this guy to fund anti-child <laughs> sex trafficking work. What, what a, a awful scumbag. scumbag! Like seriously, that's your thing, Xander. Stop knocking. What do you want? You can do it. Okay. We're going to finish this and then I'll come get you. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> like Glenn Beck, the nerve of that guy to fund anti-child sex trafficking endeavors. Right. <laughs> this one's so dumb because like we're going to be talking about other funding issues that they have with this film and things I have questions about. But this like to say Glenn Beck is bad just because I don't like him. Therefore, this is this thing is bad. When, uh, if you look into any of Glenn Beck's work on this, he's been funding the, you know, literally saving people with his own planes, with his own money. Yes. Provably. So I don't care if you don't like Glenn Beck. His work in this is stand up and has been for more than a decade. And the idea that just because somebody I disagree with, and this goes for both sides, mm -hmm. and the, people on the right need to get over themselves about this too, just because somebody you don't like does something does not automatically make it bad. You have right. to judge gonna... their actions by their actual actions, not by your opinion of some of their opinions. Right. And we're going to get into that stuff too. Let's finish this one real quick.
direct evidence to have evacuated endangered people from minority religious groups out of Afghanistan during the chaotic period after the U.S. withdrawal from the country. People who have volunteered for OUR have also raised concerns that it could actually have been creating demand for trafficking victims by going to foreign countries. She's reading all from Vice, by the way. I've read these articles, and I just want to point out that everything they say is more tabloid than tabloid. They right. source nothing in these. So everything she's saying is based on literally nothing. Just wild claims. And I tried. I'm not I'm not saying this yeah. just I don't like Vice. I tried to find anything that they're talking about. And yeah. some of it maybe has like some, but most of this is all bullshit with like no, again, no sourcing in these articles. The, the whole like, they said they rescued somebody who rescued herself. Really? Really? She yeah. rescued herself from child sex traffickers. Yeah, and then the one about they went to Afghanistan and rescued people during the most insane time in Afghanistan, and we don't have really well-documented stuff about this other than all of the people. Of course you home. don't. Of course you don't have well-documented no records stuff. of anything that happened when Afghanistan fell. They weren't even supposed to be doing that. It was illegal. Yeah. They literally illegally went into Afghanistan to rescue people. I know people who illegally were rescuing people in Afghanistan. They were not telling anybody about it. They Glenn, were I not documenting it. it. It didn't come out until like a year later that Glenn Beck was involved in it. And yeah. he, didn't even, he wasn't the one telling people. Yeah. So what a terrible person to spend a bunch of his own money to rescue people and then not even take credit for it's it. ridiculous. Yeah, what a terrible human being. On undercover missions that at times have seemed to consist of walking around bars and sex clubs asking for underage girls. Yes. That's how you do it. That is literally how it's done. She, Her complaint, and this is a complaint echoed by tons of people, including Vice many times, is most of their work is they walk around and try to buy children. And then when they find someone who will sell them, they report them to the police and they arrest that person. That's what the movie's mostly about, by the way. That, like, That's how it works. Explain to me the problem with that. Like, literally, what is the problem with that? If they are catching people who are selling children... By pretending to be buyers. Yeah. That's their whole mission, by the way. Like, most of their mission. It's such a dumb claim. And it, again, comes from someone who doesn't, didn't watch the movie that explains how that yeah. type of undercover work works. And then how, and then they give examples of it working. The only reason to critique that method is if it doesn't work. As long as it's working, then they should keep well, doing she it. she wants them to be the door kickers, right? And they literally yes. can't. That's the whole point, is that... They can't just walk into another country armed to the teeth and kick in doors and shoot people in the face. They go there and yeah. find the people and then get the cops to come in and do the arrest. Correct. That's what Chris Hansen does, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Pointing that out. That's, that's literally what predator. Chris Hansen does. Yep. Yeah. This is really only scratching the surface of the coverage that we've done, and you can read the rest of it over on Motherboard. With Sound of Freedom oh, finally oh. out, the team behind it seems to be riding high. The film itself is being marketed heavily towards religious types as the kind of film that Hollywood doesn't want you to see, which is similar to what happened- Hollywood scuttled the film for five years. Yeah, so they literally don't, don't want you to see it. it. With the record-setting Passion of the Christ, which starred Jim Caviezel oh, as Jesus awful. himself. Sound of Freedom was finished <laughs> in 2018 and then shelved for unclear reasons oh. before being delayed further by the pandemic. Almost Eduardo like, Verastegui, a Mexican actor who has also worked extensively in the anti-abortion movement, is credited as a producer on the film. Tim Ballard is played by the actor Jim Caviezel, who has recently garnered attention for supporting QAnon-linked conspiracy theories about a cabal- Hang on, hang on. QAnon-linked. Okay, I'm sorry. You find someone who believes in QAnon and then you find another theory they believe in and you just autom you say Q this is linked. QAnon believes that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked people and that other people besides Jeffrey Epstein, shocker, do this as well. 
were involved. Yes. And bought that's all, from Epstein. Is, yeah, we've explained a million times, but this is why they created the QAnon uh, psyop. So that way, anytime people talk about something real, they say, oh, that's QAnon, those crazy psychos. Yep. <laughs> so, so, this is so stupid. Jim Caviezel believes something that we believe, that adrenochrome is a thing. Yeah. It's a real chemical compound that is that being... literally exists. Yeah. And has all kinds of scientific papers about it. Yeah. Drains children of bodily fluids. The Utah-based company promoting and distributing the movie, Angel Studios, uses a strategy of marketing directly to religious and socially conservative audiences, notably through their pay-it-forward ticket-buying program, Imagine. which has sold over 4 million tickets. Do you like the, the evil yeah. music that they sold for? They literally let people pay for other people to go see this movie. <laughs> imagine this, imagine marketing a movie to its intended audience. I know. It's so evil. This this whole thing's crap. <laughs> it's just so dumb. So stupid. But beyond this, beyond this, it's like we start to get into like we we've covered how obviously the pedo apologizers and the people who are like, you know, trans the kids. Sorry, you're a pedo apologizer. You're literally wanting to mutilate children. Yeah. Uh, and they're mad at you for saying that. They're like, these are the same people that think mutilating children in abortion is bad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Chad, yes meme. Uh <laughs> It's obvious why they're attacking. We we covered this months ago before the movie came out. Yeah. But what's weird is it seems like Instead of, for once, the conspiracy community getting a win of somebody promoting a movie and saying Adrena Kerm's real and saying this is real, it's more than Jeffrey Epstein, and we should do something about it, there's this knee-jerk, I don't know, this knee-jerk reaction to something being good, and it's like it has to be a conspiracy and everything behind it has to be evil. And there's just, this is the weirdest and dumbest of them, but there's many weird and dumb ones. Uh, of conspiracy so i'm just going to share this one really quick because this is one of those things just like i need a conspiracy here so bad Mm. that i'll just make up dumb shit so here's here's the first of that so let's talk about one of the most crackhead theories i've heard so far having to do with the sound of freedom with the movie having blown up on social media there are now naturally people who are trying to debunk and expose the people involved namely tim ballard and jim caviezel this mugshot has been circulating of a man named timothy ray ballard who was arrested for the same types of crime that the man Tim Ballard involved with the movie The Sound of Freedom claims to be so against. I'm all for exposing anybody who does these types of things, but I debunked this in less than 30 seconds. Well, it says this man's eyes are... The Tim Ballard of The Sound of Freedom does not have brown eyes. The one with the criminal record also is from Arkansas, where The Sound of Freedom Tim Ballard is from Utah and grew up in California, I believe. Tim Ballard, the criminal, was a principal and a coach in 2011 when he would have also been a federal agent. Make it make sense. Yeah, also, this is just easily debunkable based Amazing. on the fact that if this was real, we would never hear the end of it anyway. Right, exactly. Uh, and no one would have ever worked with this guy. Uh, so it was Obviously. Just, yeah, it was just dumb on the face of it. Uh, but anyway, so with... Sorry, did you have anything you want to say before I get into some of the fact check stuff? Just, I want to kind of ask the question up front and then answer it on the back end of like, why are people who say they are against child trafficking coming out so hard against this movie? Why are they looking for every reason to not support it? That makes absolutely no sense to me. I wonder sometimes... The mindset. Behind it. I wonder sometimes it's kind of like when abortion got overturned and people wanted to continue to their outrage because the outrage was more important to them than yeah than the solution. Well, I wonder if I, I don't know. Like, 
for people who have been in abusive situations for years, there's a tendency to be so used to how that feels that even when they're out of it and they know that it was a bad thing to like be actively trying to recreate it, like people who lived in a toxic situation then going and then making another situation toxic just so they can feel normal. Yeah. Is that what it is? It might be. I think I think that's part of it. Because one of the one of the things I, I didn't bring this up, but I'll just paraphrase it because it's just a long thread on Twitter, right? But if you're talking about like QAnon and child trafficking and Epstein, it's all right wing conspiracy. Blah, 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 blah. So the right wing conspiracy minded people, uh, I don't remember this page, are putting out these things like you're gonna people are gonna attack us because we're coming against this movie and Tim Bauer, and here's why you shouldn't support it, right? And they do this whole thread about here's a thing that happens in the movie. And here's why it didn't happen in real life. And it's this long, detailed thread about how there's this part of the movie that's really exaggerated. And most of the claims on the conspiracy side are that. We'll get into some of the other ones. But like most of the things I'm seeing from just from like right and left is this didn't really happen. It's not really a true story. Here's why. And this is so bad and so dumb. But what I find really funny is, first of all, they don't understand movies and the use of art and the importance of them and what based on a true story means. But... Operation Underground Railroad never claimed that the things were real, that everybody's mad at them for saying they claimed are real. Right. Uh, it's a movie. You it's guys, a it's movie. a movie. It's a movie. And in the end, the most pivotal scene of the movie is them showing the real footage from the raid on the island that they set up where they rescued over 100 sex trafficking yeah. victims. So that whole part, like the crux of the movie, is real. And then just just to make sure people knew what was real, they have this on their website, which let me see. What do I have the right one uh, right here? They have this on their website that says Sound of Freedom based on a true story, except for the parts that aren't. This was released on June 27th, a full week before the movie came out. And it literally goes through everything and gives you the details. So on here, the rescue operation on the island in Columbia really happened. True. It goes through all of it. It's called Operation Triple Take. You can look into it for yourself. Really happened. Giselle, based on a real person. True. It talks about that. And then it says the children portrayed in the movie were real uh, survivors of trafficking. It says true, but it tells you who's real and who's not and who's and who they're based on. Because the main thing that people are saying is the brother and sister who are the basically the through line of all this stuff, Mm -hmm. which happened over a course of 12 years, I think. Yeah. So obviously this didn't all happen in six months. It's telling a story based on real events. Right. It says down here at the bottom, although Teddy's so Teddy, the boy who was rescued at the border, that really happened. They're all saying that happened, but his sister wasn't trafficked. This is the big conspiracy, right? Mm. But right on their website, although Teddy's sister is a person in real life, the story of Tim refusing to give up on the search for the one, as depicted in the film, is based on the true story of a continual search for Guardy, which was another underage traffic boy. It's telling you that that part is fabricated for the movie. Tim Ballard has said it in interviews. They've all said it. They're not hiding it. It's obviously condensing things for a movie. It's how based on a true story works. So what we're saying (laughs) is that there were lots of stories of a bunch of different things that Tim did with operations. And others did. Some of the the other claims are that Tim wasn't involved in X, Y, or Z. Right. And that they kind of aggregated all these stories into one Hollywood-type movie story where each of the pieces is true, but the entirety isn't exactly true. But the message is ever Yes. It's it's true and it's not true, but in the end it, it's still true. 
each individual piece is based on a true story and the aggregate is true. Yes. And the way and what and what art is supposed to do is make you feel something. And it does all of those things. And it just it just goes on. It even tells you like the part where Tim kills a guy at the end of the movie didn't happen. And they've all said, yeah, that was, you know, it's a Hollywood film. Whatever. Deal with it. Uh, the character Vampiro is based on a real person. Also true. And then it goes on to say the other thing. Well, he wasn't on that Operation Triple Take. Yeah, because they were doing two simultaneous operations, one there and one in Haiti. So it's actually even more fantastical in real life than in the movie. Yeah. They rescued more people in real life than the movie. The reason they kept the number lower is because some of those were adult trafficking victims and they're focusing on children in this movie. So they said the number is 54. It's something like more like 120. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he's like, it's like, yes, this guy was involved in the operation, but he was, it, they were doing two operations at the exact same time and he was in the other place. Yeah. So somehow they lie and it makes people mad, but the lie is that it was bigger and rescued more people than we said. My beef with this is that it's so dishonest. Yes. I have known what based on a true story means in a movie since I was in like the second grade. And I was like, wait, why does this movie that's based on this book? I love not exactly match the book. And it's like, cause based on means based on not exactly word for word everything right and they are holding this movie to a higher standard than they've ever held a base on a true story movie literally ever it's it's, it's so, so dishonest dumb. and again what's the purpose of art what's the purpose of the film everybody's missing that in the in in all of right this. and to, the only thing i'll say that's fair i think is that i think that there's a lot of right-wing commentators who have accidentally said this is a true story and that's on them and not on the movie. Exactly. That's on them because, again, this this Operation Underground Railroad article was a week before the movie went into theaters. They were ahead. Of, it wasn't an apology like, oh, we're sorry you caught us. Yeah. It was, by the way, we just want to make sure that everybody understands. And my favorite thing that I didn't, they didn't have to do, I didn't expect them to do, it's on their website, which I find so awesome, is yeah. the other story and was brought up by that girl in the first TikTok mm-hmm. is this is not what trafficking typically looks like. Here's what trafficking typically looks like. It's talking about a certain type of trafficking that does exist. that goes under uh, acknowledged really by the mainstream media who likes to pretend yes. that, you know, rich people aren't trafficking children, which they are. It says right here on their website, this story depicts what human trafficking typically looks like false mm-hmm. at the first of the film. It shows security camera footage of several different kidnappings. This is real footage, and while this type of human trafficking exists, it isn't the majority. That's the big complaint everybody's got. Yeah. When you hear the phrase sex trafficking, our minds often picture dusty, dark alleyways in foreign countries where orphan children from the streets are kidnapped, exploited, and sold. And that is horrific. That is a horrific reality, but it is also important to understand that sex trafficking is not just foreign issue, but an acute domestic concern within the United States that is ever increasing. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, human trafficking has been reported in all 50 states. Predators are soccer coaches and trusted teachers, neighbors across the street, uncles and aunts. The film mm-hmm. depicts children in shipping containers. It's important to note that Hollywood took creative license in portraying the different ways that children can be trafficked. Yes. While cases exist where children are transported in various vehicles, most trafficking happens through a manipulative grooming process. Exactly what everybody's yeah. bitching about is acknowledged yeah. by Operation Underground Railroad. It it just bothers me. This is dishonesty. It takes five seconds to, to do this. Yeah. It's on the freaking page for the movie. And this is another thing where conservatives do not understand the power of incrementalism. Sometimes people are not ready for a certain type of truth. So you give them the step that they're ready for. I think that the 
children getting kidnapped in South America and sold over the border was what people were ready for. The children's uncles take them and sell them, take them, groom them, and sell them in their small towns is an, is a whole nother level that you get this out there, you get this established in people's consciousness, and then you work them into the deeper, harder realities. Well, also, if you want to to get people to care about an issue, you're going to go with the most fantastical, fantastical version. Not that it's not sure. true, but it's harder to get people to care about something that seems mundane. And if sure. most of the the funding and most of the research or most of what they're doing is going to go towards helping children who are t- trafficked in the typical way, I, again, I like this is where they call it propaganda, and I don't disagree with them. I just mm-hmm. disagree that it's bad. Yeah, I just disagree that propaganda, which which literally means to propagate an idea into the culture, is in and of itself bad. I know that that's a word that's been made bad for certain reasons, and it is in the way that we think of it. Right. But the idea of literally propagating, putting an idea into the culture and getting it into people's minds so they're thinking about it is not in and of itself bad. No. I, let's raise awareness for breast cancer. Raising like awareness is propaganda. Doing this for forever. Yes. Also, I at the end of the day, I don't think it matters all that much how the trafficking happened. The point of the movie is presenting the reality for the children of living Yes. Trafficked. So I don't care if they're usually sold by their uncles. The movie. Like that makes it better or like that makes the movie a lie. So dumb. Both arguments. Like that's, that's another type of horrific. Like we could, I don't. They're nitpicking something that should have had and is having despite every effort, a real cultural impact. It's beating Indiana Jones in the box office right now. We should all be glad about that. We should be glad. We should be cheering it on. We should be going to see it and understanding what it's about. And i I have a hard and I have a hard time trusting anybody who is spending time and effort telling other people to not go see it. That's suspicious as fuck to me. Yeah. So let's watch a few more TikToks, and then I've got some articles I want to pull up on this. Uh, So let's see. There's this one here, which is short. It is 6.30 in the morning, and it's a good time to remind everybody that the star actor in The Sound of Freedom believes stuff like this, which is why the movie is constantly being labeled as QAnon adjacent. I don't... I just played it because it's so dumb. I'm like, what's the point? In what universe do we judge a movie based on what one of the actors believes? Right. Like, literally, like in what universe? Right. And that's what I wanted to say is like everybody's pointing at Jim Caviezel and saying, oh, I don't like what Jim Caviezel has to say about this movie based on true events. Who cares? Like, who cares? I like what some of what Jim Caviezel's saying. I don't care. Like, yeah. what, what about every other actor in this movie? Right. When when do we judge a piece of art based on the actors like so strongly? I think Mar- Mark Ruffalo is uh, insufferable. Yes, in real life, I love his performance of the Hulk. I I have never judged a Marvel movie based on Mark Ruffalo Ruffalo's personal beliefs, right? Because that'd be stupid. Because that it's would a be story stupid. that unfortunately he's acting it happens in. on the right and the left with this case, and I just yeah. hate it because I'm like. I just, I don't know, man. It's like the, the, the actor's job is something very different. And I don't think that they are right. 
I don't, I don't think it matters what they think, to be honest. Right. Their whole job is to be a different person. Yeah. But still, the focus, they, just, they just play when, I, when I'm trying to yeah, switch. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the, the whole thing is just like, how can we drag the main actor's name through the mud with dumb conspiracies and rumors? And, and, and to, yeah. what does it have to do with the if, movie? If the bulk of your dirt on a movie is the main actor's opinions then you have nothing on the movie. Let me put it this way. If you judged every single movie based on the actors, you'd watch literally no, no movies, movies ever. I don't think anyone on any side of the political aisle would go to any movie ever if they were like, oh, this person's a bad person. Yeah, well, they're in Hollywood. They're, yeah, they're all bad people. Yeah. so All of them. But let's watch some some more dumb Jim Caviezel is a nightmare and therefore this movie should not be watched stuff. As a production assistant on the movie Sound of Freedom and it was a nightmare. Jim was constantly reading the Bible to different crew members. Then he started handing out prayer cards that say that Jesus saved, except it was a picture of him as an icon playing <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's amazing. That's hilarious. If, I if played, that's true, that's like so cringe, but hilarious. If I played Jesus in a movie, I would do this. I would hand out, <laughs> out tracks with my face on them. I would have asked him to sign it because that would have been the funniest story. and I would have framed it and be like, dude. Jim Caviezel's kind of a also. I have okay, so he's claiming (laughs) to have worked on this movie. Yes, him. I have worked on a movie. You signing, you sign things saying that you're not allowed to ever talk bad about the movie ever. Like, yeah, it's called an NDA. Yeah, I doubt this guy worked on the movie, but uh, yeah, I think he's full of shit. I think he's full of crap, but I want to hear it anyway. Jim was also extremely paranoid throughout the entire production of the movie. He invited General Michael Flynn to be his counterintelligence officer, but really all Michael Flynn did was just go to catering and take all of the food and pretend to test it for poison, and we would see him and his family eating all of our food. Jim constantly told us how important this film was and that he would be recognized as a hero. It got so bad that one day he told the entire crew not to work because he was expecting an important phone call. When he waited by the phone in his trailer and he didn't receive the phone call, he lost his mind. Later found out he was upset because he didn't win the Nobel Prize for the movie Sound of Freedom. Okay, I believed him until that part. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, he really worked on the crew, and Jim Caviezel's a star, and he's kind of a dick on set. So what? Yeah. <laughs> but that part of, like, I don't know if I believe Jim Caviezel really thought he's going to win a Nobel Prize for acting in a movie that's not out yet. Yeah, while he's still working on it. Also, the lead actor cannot help production. That's no. not a thing that you can do. The amount of money that goes into making movies prohibits that yeah it's pretty stupid but it's like again if all is true who cares like i don't i don't get it i don't i just i don't get all stuff about about also michael flynn ate all the catering (laughs) to test him for poison like come on yeah yeah. so one of the i totally forgot to bring this up so i'll just mention it um there's uh it was isaac weishaupt that posted on uh on instagram this week a picture of Jim Caviezel and how Harley Pasternak was one of his. Uh, mm. He was he was one of the, it was his trainer, right? So the conspiracy Sounds. there is obviously Harley Pasternak is a kind of a MK Ultra type agent. He works with a lot of celebrities and kind of drives them nuts. And Jim Caviezel is a little weird. And again, I just I don't understand why 
that changes the messaging and point of the film. Right. Jim Caviezel did not write the screenplay. He did not produce the movie. He acted his role. He didn't direct it. He had no control over the movie except his own acting, and he put in a great performance. So the only thing you could say if he performed badly was that he did it on purpose. And he didn't perform badly. And he like didn't. He, I'm not trying to oversell it. He should win an award for his acting. His he did a good job. Good. Yeah. Um, but if this is another one of those points where I, I like to say pick a lane. Yeah. And I find the same people saying, you know, look at what Harley Pasnick was trying to drag, you know, Kanye back in and Kanye broke. He's broken free from his MK ultra programming and he's a hero. Damn it. Yeah. And it's like, but Jim Caviezel who like has been shunned by Hollywood for a long time yeah. and barely gets work anymore, even though he's one of the, he's a really he's a great, actor. he's a really great yeah. actor. I'm not trying to oversell it. Frequency was so good in passion of the Christ was fantastic. Uh, a couple other, movies. he's just a really good actor, right? So, this guy's been shunned from Hollywood who's turned down roles based on his his faith and all that stuff. This guy, he he couldn't have broken free from his programming. But Kanye, Kanye West, who's still doing like Balenciaga shoots yeah. and acting like a complete nutbag. He's totally He's free. He's free from his programming and, and they're trying to shut him up. I don't Ridiculous. know. I'm just like, look, everybody in Hollywood's probably been a little MK Ultra. is my point. I, I, yeah. I really think so. I mean... <sighs> If if the if if what you have on this movie is that Jim Caviezel is compromised, I don't give a shit. I don't I don't give a shit. So that brings us to the next person who who is supposedly compromised, and I think that is worth talking about. But I have yeah. some some takes on this that I want to get to by the end of the show. So uh, Tim Ballard, we heard some some accusations against Tim Ballard, uh, and again, they just keep coming from motherboard reposted by Vice, uh, which is where all of this LOL. comes from, by the way. Tim Ballard left Operation Underground Railroad after investigations into claims made by employees. And it just gives this long thing. You can read it if you want to, where they basically say, we don't know anything. <laughs> we have ideas and thoughts about why he left. Uh, we heard somebody say something, but it's not on record. There's a letter that's circulating that alleges something, but we don't have the letter. See, that <laughs> of to course me, not. That of course to me is don't. where I don't take any of this seriously because they say, we think this is in the letter. But they say they don't have the damn letter. So I'm just, I'm just saying, like, is it weird that op- he's not working with the Operation Underground Railroad? Maybe. It just depends on who you believe. Because yeah. according to Tim and according to people from Operation Underground Railroad that I've read so far, he, do- he doesn't want to. He basically, it, it's kind of two things, right? It's that he has other things he does. He has his own for-profit thing. He goes around and speaks. He's mm-hmm. basically made himself not a field agent. He's basically the yeah. voice for... He's a communicator. He's a communicator, yeah. right? And he can't just work with Operation Underground Railroad exclusively because of 501c3 issues and things yes. like that. So there is a very above board answer to this. I, I it work, just depends on who you believe. Yeah. I work in nonprofit and I don't find the idea that Tim got done with Operation Underground Railroad weird at all. There are two things here. One, it is very normal for the founder of a company to get pushed out, resign or whatever at some point in their creation because the type of person who founds a company is not the type of person you really want leading it long-term. They're just two different personality types. There's there's a chaos in the type of person who like breaks ground and founds things um, that that you don't want. You want more of that stability later on. So sometimes it's a little messy in that switchover. 
I find seem to be like that. I find that perfectly normal. Also, if if the guy is going around making a lot of money and speaking engagements, of course he can't lead a nonprofit. Of course he can't. Uh, do you mind if I talk about something that's maybe a little more personal? Go for it. Uh, for us, I should say, or for you, um, a little bit. There's this very similar case that happened recently with uh, another person who's very loved by the the right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In his case, it was a little more. What are you staring at me for? <laughs> I just think it's funny. We're talking about James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe, right? And I think that we have talked about this a little bit, and other people have come to the conclusion like it's it's perfectly acceptable to believe that someone is a scumbag mm. and that they do good work. Yeah. And I think that's where I've come to people on James O'Keefe. I'm like, I'm glad he's exposing people that yeah. were bad. I think he's I think the allegations against James O'Keefe are true. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I've heard it from that's enough my point. enough ex employees. Like I've heard it from so many people at this point. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's I, true. I have too. That's why I'm I'm not gonna say who and what I've heard, but like I talked to people who've worked for him and they're they're true. So my point is I feel like it is possible because we've kind of come to this conclusion. Right. Like y- you can still say he did good things yeah. and th- believe he's a douchebag. So like there's certain things about Tim Ballard that make me think he might be kind of a douchebag. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of weird allegations around him, right? Like he's a Freemason is one thing that comes up a lot. I don't like Freemasons. I think they believe a very false religion. I think at, at their yeah. worst, they can do some really terrible things. And I don't know. And I'll hold on to this. I don't think that everybody who's ever been a Freemason is in and of themselves the worst of the worst mm-hmm. person. I, I think it's a very, I, I'm very anti Freemason. Yeah. I don't know if that in and of itself is bad enough is, is proves anything is my point. I don't know if that in and of itself proves anything. And he's a Mormon. I don't agree with Mormonism. I think that some of the allegations that he's fabricating things and he's trying to make himself bigger and better than the movement in and of itself. If you look at his belief system, it doesn't surprise me if the, if some of these things are true, sure. he's like really, full of himself and wants to make himself a name in all of the good work that he's doing. Sure. That is kind of a Mormon thing to be like, I want to do good things, but I also want to make sure that I elevate myself to a position of a God. I get that. I don't Mm. like it. I just think that we're conflating the work being done, the importance of a film, which is what the crux of this is. It's a film. Right. Uh, and, and a person. Yeah. And I, and again, like, I don't know. Let's put it this way. If a guy does a, a ton of amazing work rescuing children from child sex trafficking and somebody makes a movie about it and that guy is kind of full of himself for all his heroic work, I don't give a shit. That's kind of I the point, don't right? I care. Like, I feel like there's like this... this we give Trump... Not, wait, so many people give Trump so much more credit for things that he didn't do. Oh my God. Like yeah. deify the guy even though he's the guy who like gave Fauci an award instead of firing him <laughs> and like continues to push the vax and, yeah. you know, flubbed on a million other things. He's, he's, he's King David, you know, it's like, yeah, he slept with prostitutes while he was married, but he's King David. He, he's doing good things yeah, and therefore nothing else he does is bad. So like, it's just the cognitive dissonance with some yeah. people for me. And you don't have to think, don't Tim, have to Ballard think Tim Ballard's good. is amazing to appreciate the fucking movie. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's, I think that's just kind of the thing with me is like, I'm looking at these things going, yeah, maybe Tim Ballard, you know, yeah. exaggerate on this. There's this whole, uh, again, I just don't take some of these super seriously for this reason. I'm going to keep coming yeah. back to 
is that every damn one of these articles is from Vice. It's from Vice. Anti-trafficking group with long history of false claims gets its Hollywood (laughs) moment. And it's basically like, yeah, Tim Ballard said some things and it was a little exaggerated. And then they go into this. And this is the thing I want to talk about is this is kind of not brought up in the other article so much, but this idea that Tim Ballard works with way too many organizations and he wants to funnel it to his, his thing, right? He wants to be able to work for and speak for and go on these speaking trips and do all these things and make something. He literally can't do what he's talking about here, which is make himself a a speaker and a part of so many things without it being an issue for operation underground railroad. Again, sure. I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy. The other thing that they'll claim is like he made $500,000 last year. Sorry. He made $500,000 last year and that's somehow evil. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear this, but yeah. it is 2023. $500,000 is actually not that much money. It's really not. Especially if you're the guy who's like literally having to fly all over the world and do speaking engagements and yeah. involved in, you know, so many different things. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Just say it's like, oh my gosh, he made um he made <laughs> he made middle class wages for California. Oh, how dare he? How and that dare he? Is, like that's no joke. That's like at this point, kidding. if you live in LA, that's like middle class still. It's like upper middle class at best. I can't and I can't say this any clearer, but like this movie is about how awful child sex trafficking is. Yes. The character Tim Ballard is the star of the movie, but it is not about how he's a hero. It is about how awful child sex trafficking is. I don't care if Tim Ballard kills puppies for fun. The movie is still important (laughs) because it's about child sex trafficking. Yes. And that's that's the thing that it keeps coming back to. I didn't leave the movie thinking, wow, Tim Ballard's a wonderful guy. I, I really care. didn't. I really yeah. didn't. And I, 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 I was like, oh, this is a serious issue. And I think everybody's conflating. Yes. Again, Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard with a very important message that I feel like, at least in, at least for me, someone who's already cared about this issue for a yeah. long time. I did um, fundraisers for Operation Underground Railroad back when I was 18 years old playing in a band. It was the first time I ever heard of it. We did a fundraiser show, and I was just like, wow, this is serious. And since then... I've tried to find ways to donate to these causes. Mm-hmm. And even for me, who's cared about this issue deeply for 14 years, yeah. I'm like, I need to do more. I need yeah. to, and I need and I need to this is the thing that I wanted to get to, right? It's like there's all these claims. And my thought in this is I want to be able to do to vet these organizations thoroughly. And I want to be able to have a good answer of who's good to work with. Cause it's like is Operation Underground Railroad this awful thing that no like people say they're awful but they don't have a thing right? Mm-hmm. And I want to serious. I want to take those claims seriously, even though I, I'm not buying them. I want to take them seriously, and I want to look into what is the best way that people can use their time and money. Yeah. For this, and if that's what I'm getting from a film, I'm not getting uh, Operation Underground Railroad's the shit, and Tim right. Ballard is like flawless. He's basically Jesus reincarnate. I, but, I think yeah. that people are reading into it what they want to read into it because they need to have something to talk about or be, have something to be upset about or or have some knowledge over you that makes them smarter and better and wiser. I don't know. The call to action of the film, like the the leave the take home was nothing about Underground Railroad. I don't think they even said Operation Underground Railroad once in the movie or at the end. I they didn't. I barely knew 
like they just call him Tim throughout the movie. I barely knew the name Tim Ballard even by the end of the movie. It wasn't about you him. You literally asked me what his last name was after. Literally. And it, then there's a segment that Jim Caviezel does at the end of the movie where he's like, it's not about me. It's not about Tim. It's about the kids. Yes. I just I think that 90% of this is coming from people who didn't watch it again. And they're they're on their high horse about not watching it, and I find that really odd. Sounds like an excuse to me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so the other the other thing that people are trying to say is this is going to desensitize people. So let's let's watch that uh, real quick. The new Sound of Freedom movie was not a movie made to expose what's going on in this world. It was a movie that was made to desensitize us of what's going on. Most people that went to go watch this movie were probably already aware of child trafficking, but not in the sense where it's done with people of higher status. We're used to only hearing about it with children getting kidnapped on the street, but it's where exactly these children are going and what they're being sold out for. Growing up, many were under the impression, oh, these kids go to some crazy person's basement until they get found a couple years later. But the point of this movie was to show everyone that was unaware or confused that that's not the case whatsoever. As if Jeffrey Epstein and all these other politicians and celebrities that got exposed in the past wasn't enough. They created a movie to make it clear what's really going on with these kids. Once they can get enough people to understand and know, then now people are desensitized to it. So now in the future, when a celebrity or a politician gets exposed for doing something like this, then it becomes more normal to hear about since we're already aware of it. It's kind of like murder or robbery where, yes, we know it's a bad thing, but since it happens every single day, we become more desensitized to it. And that's what they had to do throughout the years with many ideologies and agendas that they had to make normal. All these viral videos we saw online of the AC going out or the lights going out, all of this is marketing techniques so that people can go and watch the movie. Clearly, the movie's out. Clearly, you can watch it on your own if you really wanted to. It's not like they could really hide much. They knew exactly what they were doing and they got people to fall for the trap. The okay. trap. They got people to fall for the trap, guys. What I'm taking from this is that we have to stop talking about kids with leukemia because <sighs> people might get desensitized to kids with leukemia. Yeah, yeah. It has to end right now, you guys. We have to stop talking about it. <laughs> this is so stupid. When in the history of ever has not talking about a thing made it more like made made the problem better i don't i don't get it i don't get it i'm just like speaking from my own personal experience i'm someone who's cared about this deeply he, he said in the beginning maybe you went in and you already knew something about it yep I literally cover this shit on our show all the time i knew a lot about it i still feel more compelled to do something we've we both feel a lot more compelled to do something about it. it's something we're going to make a point of of what we do with the show and with uh with our money because it, it it did have that much of an impact on on me and on you. Yeah. For people who know about this stuff. Desensitization is when you take a fake thing and you ingest that fake thing over and over and over until when the real thing hits you, it doesn't hit you right. Desensitization is not when you when you take a real thing and you feel it to its fullest extent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a theory about the desensitization thing that I want to get back into in just a minute because I, I do have more to say. I think I have something else I need to show first. Okay. Oh, hold on. So there's a – I don't remember what this one was, but let's watch this real quick. Oh, I remember her. Yeah. Okay. This uh, is the one that follows you, right? Yeah, I, I, I vaguely know her. Um, so and I don't remember what she said, though, so I just want to watch it. I really don't remember what this one was about. 
Right, Trump supporters and Sound of Freedom defenders. This one's for you. Who's paying for this movie to come about? It, it, a great group of people have come together to, to invest in this in this production. Uh, with them, the, the Carlos Slim family is, is, is involved yeah. uh, from Mexico. JP, um, John Paul, Nigeria. Uh, Fox is helping distributing it. Really? Yeah, Fox, Century Fox. And, and for the folks who don't know who uh, Carlos Slim is, uh, tell them who he is. He's, he's um, one of the wealthiest men in the, in the world. They are really, really bad people. The largest shareholder in the Times is Carlos Slim. Now, Carlos Slim, as you know, comes from Mexico. He's given many millions of dollars to the Clintons and their initiative. So Carlos Slim, largest owner of the paper from Mexico. Reporters of the New York Times, they're not journalists. They're corporate lobbyists for Carlos Slim and for Hillary Clinton. Now, Trump supports this movie, but he thinks that the guy who funded it is a really bad guy. He's very connected to the Clintons. So which one is it? Trump supporters. Which side are you going to choose? Is Carlos Slim a good guy for funding the movie? Or is he a bad guy, like your hero says? Take your pick. Let me know in the comments. It's not one of those ones where it's like, Trump is still not the bad guy here. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> about. No, I do have a point at this, though, because this is the one thing that's most troubling that I will give people the, the Carlos Slim funding thing. I get why it's troubling. I actually want to do a deep dive on who he is. For people who don't know, he has connections to trafficking. He defrauded people out of Medicare to the tune of millions of dollars or something like that. And, there's some very credible links that he may be involved in trafficking himself. Hmm. Not saying it's not troubling, but if we're going to go on some wild unhinged conspiracies here, I'm going to give Ooh. because there is a huge question that nobody's asking and I need to ask it. If Carlos Slim is, which he is, he's bought, like, he wanted to fund the film originally it was owned by Fox and then it was sold to Disney and it got scuttled, right? Mm. If Carlos Slim is behind the funding of this movie as he is, why, if he wants you to see it so bad, if Carlos Slim, if there's some nefarious thing that Carlos Slim wanted to make this movie for, why did it not get released until a couple of Mormon brothers out of Utah literally fundraised it? Yeah. That's the question nobody's asking. This is the the thing. Even the people who are supporting this, I don't feel are like really talking about it and thinking about it a lot. It's like... Yeah. yeah, I watched it. I did my time. You should go see it too. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I I have a theory on this. Do it. The guy was talking about the, the video before this guy was talking about desensitization. I think I don't think he's wrong to think that a movie about trafficking could desensitize people to the issue. I think what happened, this is just my own theory, is that that was the point. I think the point of making the movie why it was funded by the people it was funded by, not the people who wanted to create it was they thought this would be another Taken movie. It'd be another movie would be fantastical and over-the-top and stupid, and people could feel good about it when they went to the movie mm. theater, feel good that they, uh, you know, uh, oh, you know, somebody did something about it. Somebody other than me did something about it on screen, and now I can go home and feel good and pat myself on the back, right? right. I think that movies like Taken make it a joke. Mm. I think that movies like Taken have these ridiculous action scenes. They make a bunch of ridiculous movies where the plot gets dumber and dumber and dumber. And then they make a TV show where it gets somehow even stupider. And I thought the first Taken was retarded. And they just desense Like, literally, I'm sorry. I'm going to rant about Taken do for it. two seconds. Do it. Literally, I don't know how people like this movie. I don't know how people who care about trafficking like this movie. There's one scene in the movie that's unforgivable to me because it's so dumb. And it actually makes the, the hero of the movie a bad guy. Where... He finds this room with all these women strapped to beds being trafficked and he shoots the bad guy in the head and he goes, oh, none of these chicks are my daughter and leaves them there with a dead guy strapped to the beds and just walks out. 
The guy who was like feeding them, right? Like it was going to make sure they don't right. just die. He could have. He just walks the frick out of the room. It's not like he had to like take a whole bunch of time there's, to save all of them. He could have just cut them all free. There's so The movie makes the point that nobody gives, that he does not give a shit about trafficking. He just mm. wants his daughter back. Yep. And, th- and therefore, the movie makes you not give a shit about trafficking. So right. I think. It's only bad if it happens to me. There we go. And and what am I going to do about it? I'm going to have some ridiculous CIAF spook do some crazy action scenes and then make a ridiculous movie where the mom gets kidnapped next for some dumb reason, right? Like, it's so... That's desensitizing people to yes. the reality of it. I think that these, yes. these revenge flicks with these Arnold Schwarzenegger types shooting everybody in the face desensitizes people to reality. If anything, I think people like Carlos Slim want you to be desensitized to it. And for some reason, when the movie got screened, they did not want this movie going out. That's my theory. Yeah. That's my theory on it. Or, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, just to add to that, I my guess, if I'm going to add to your theory, the people who wanted to make the movie, I believe that they wanted to do a good thing. I, at least I want to give them the benefit people of the People who made the movie, I 100% right, agree. Right. They probably were like, this is going to be a hard movie to get made in Hollywood. Let's pitch it in such a way that Carlos Slim is going to be interested. And so they probably pitched it a little off of what it was actually right. going to be and then hoped they could get away with it once there was already a commitment there and they didn't realize how much Hollywood was going to hate it. Here's another unknown thing for, for most people about Hollywood. You know the best way to make sure a film doesn't get made? To buy it. Mm. I'm not kidding. If you want a film to not get made, you pay for the damn thing, and then and then you don't let it get released. This happens yeah. with scripts all the time. People will buy scripts they don't want to get made, and then they own it, and it's in purgatory for 10 years. This wow. happens all the time. Studios will do this where they're like, this movie might conflict with this movie that we want to make, so we'll buy that script and then not make it. Wow. So I'm just saying there are... I'm not trying to be an apologist here. I'm just saying... When you watch the movie and you realize what it's doing and you realize that the people who funded it didn't want it to get released somehow, like five years, Carlos Slim didn't like make anything happen. I don't know. I'm just mm. saying Carlos Slim's a bad guy. I'm not going to apologize for him. I think it's weird. Uh, I, I think it's weird, but I think that there are other reasons to it. And if, if all we're going right. to go on is some crazy conjecture that Carlos Slim bought this movie to do something that we don't know what it is and we can't put our finger on it, but it has to be bad. Mm. I don't know. It's like, give me more. Give me like, why did he buy Like what nefarious thing did he get out of, of funding the movie? Well, that's the question I'm asking. Here's another option too. Carlos slim. I'm sure has people who present him with scripts that they think he might be interested in. If he has a call out there, if, if he is involved with trafficking, let's just say he is right. If he has a call out there to his people, I want to see every script that has anything to do with child trafficking. That Then he gets his eyes on all of them, and then he sees one, he thinks, oh, I don't want this one to get made, so I'm going to fund it, and I'm going to keep it from ever getting made, right? Yeah, or ever getting released. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, there's also just the idea that, like, this guy didn't read the script anyway. They have readers, and they have all these things, and some right. peon used Carlos Slim's money to, to pay for a film that sure. they didn't want made. And then when that got sure. seen, look, nobody wanted this movie to be made in Hollywood. That's mm-hmm. the thing that's, that's the point. Very, very clear. That's the point. Yeah. So I, I, th- I, I have a little bit of trouble thinking that the funding in and of itself is the conspiracy. Otherwise it would have gotten put out there and used for propaganda in a different way. I think, I don't know. Like the, the best, the best 
I'm trying to be fair. The best thing I could think is that they wanted a movie like this to get made so they could call it a QAnon conspiracy hoax and make people not believe in it. It's just not working. It's just not working. It seems like an overly elaborate and expensive plan. I, I don't to, buy that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, that like that's the left is like trying to tear down this movie. And then there are people on the right trying to tear down this movie. And it's like, how come you're working with the left on this? Yeah. Genuinely, the they're tearing down this. If they wanted this to this movie to be out and they wanted it to desensitize people, then they would be pushing it. They'd be like, see, we care about child. They would use the movie as an opportunity to say, see, we care about child sex trafficking too. And if you don't like this movie, you're secretly the ones who don't like it. That's also the other conspiracy around Carlos Slim is that he wanted to look like a guy who gave a shit about child trafficking. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's fair. There's there's better excuses. My point is I can come up with better theories that have uh, something other than – no, but more than just like he funded it, therefore, well, what's it doing? Like what nefarious purpose is he accomplishing? Right. But That's f- the question you have to ask. Yeah. But for all the evidence these people are bringing to bear, their wild conjecture is just as good as yours. That's my point. If you can do wild conjecture, so can I. And I think mine makes more sense. So I wanted to bring up a guy named Corey Diggs, who's done a lot of really, really, really good work on the Clintons. Okay. I'm just going to look, look at this article really quickly. Um, cause I think this is important. I think this is kind of what I want to end this on. So this guy, uh, Corey Diggs, he's got this whole thing here and I'll, I'll link it so you guys can watch it. It's uh, or read it. It says are bill and Hillary Clinton involved in child trafficking. And this is long. I mean, he goes through everything and mm. he makes a very good case. I think this will end up being, uh, something we go over for a future episode. And he goes into all of it. Carlos slim Podesta's the whole nine. Nice. And it is extremely detailed. And I guess this part here. Maybe we'll just read it. So it says global modern day slavery director at Clinton global initiative. It says, in addition to all the above involvements with human trafficking, the Clinton's global initiative partnered with the Polaris project in 2009 to build an anti-trafficking approach, uh, replicable, replic- replicable worldwide. The Polaris project operates the national human trafficking resource center and runs the national human trafficking hotline. Polaris is based out of DC and is funded in part by the department of health and human services together they created a global modern-day slavery database of organizations across the globe to monitor human trafficking in 2014. They claim it is the most comprehensive database of modern-day slavery organizations ever compiled for the public, and as noted on the map above, there are 199 countries in the database. They state, by enabling actors in the anti-human trafficking field to better locate, identify, and connect with each other, the tools will help connect the victims of human trafficking and at-risk population to help those in need. When they began the project in 2014, they had 200 organizations in the database. There are now 2,936 organizations and hotlines working on human trafficking and forced labor. There are 26 in the D.C. area alone. If one has done any research on human trafficking, there is a lot of telling information to be garnered from the database. It's definitely one heck of a network. The Global Modern Day... Just a little bit more. The Global Modern Day Slavery Directory has also partnered with Liberty Asia's Freedom Collaboration, an online password-protected platform for anti-trafficking stakeholders that offers a news feed updated by users, a global community of organizations and research and programming... Uh, and pro- or Sorry. And uh, programmatic and legal resources. Um, Liberty Asia also partnered with La Strada International and the Polaris Polaris Project in 2013 to launch an alliance of human trafficking hotlines around the world. Google funded this effort with $3 million after determining the most illegal groups were involved in human trafficking in some way. Hmm. 
Jared Cohen, director of Google uh, Ideas, said that there wasn't great coordination between all of the hotlines. If you call one hotline in one company, it generates data locally. There's no way to correlate data with a hotline in another country, said Cohen. So we thought, can you integrate all these hotlines so it doesn't matter which one you call? You need to integrate You need to integrate an ecosystem to make it uh, the right response. Hmm. So then it gives you the key facts. The Polaris Project is a member of the Clinton Global Initiative. Members are by invite only and donate a minimum of $15,000 annually. Catherine A. McLean is the chairperson for the board of directors at Polaris. And McLean was the senior advisor on the Hillary Clinton for president campaign in 2008. C. Rosenthal on the road of direct, on the board of directors served as the associate deputy secretary of the United States department on labor during the Clinton administration. It's also important to remember that the Clinton's global initiative was never formally set up correctly and is not a legal entity. So, it's a really long thing, but it's it's trying to make links between the Clintons and this Polaris project. And I haven't had a ton of time to look into it. There's there's a claim going around that essentially this whole network is set up to be able to better track human traffickers and bring them to justice. Mm. Yet during this time, human trafficking has gone up. And I don't know if that link in and of itself is good. And again, I believe the the article and the points it makes about the Podestas, about the Clintons and all that. That you're using this essentially to point out that the Sound of Freedom use gets their statistical data from the Polaris Polaris Project on their website. Hmm. It's such a tentative link, and I'm not saying yeah. I don't want to dive into the. I do want to dive into the Polaris Project and the Clintons and all their work and all this stuff. I'm just saying it's weird that right here on their website, right here, trafficking stats come from from the Polaris Project. And that in and of itself makes Operation Underground Railroad bad. I think it's not a very good claim. I, I, I'm not saying yeah. Corey Diggs is making that claim. He's just he's just going through all this stuff, right? If, but other people are using his article to make that claim and if, to make that link. If I was Underground Railroad, I would use stats from from a source that was recognized. A source that was recognized. Like if 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 there's a source that's funded by the Clinton Foundation, that is essentially all of the hotlines, and it's going to give you the yeah. basically it's going to give you the largest number possible for how big this is. Exactly, which is what they want. And they don't want the number. Not sorry, they don't want the number to be large. They just want to make sure they're not missing right stats and making it seem smaller than it is. Worst case scenario, Polaris Project is evil, and they're they're fudging the numbers to be smaller. If this is still the biggest numbers or that are using available, the database to help the Clintons grab on. Right. I think it's like the claim that eventually gets made, but yeah. Honestly, like I just sometimes it seems like the weight that people are giving to these complaints is so much heavier than the weight they're giving to actual child trafficking. Their, their, their scales are weirdly about why do you care more about this? possible weird link over here than just people understanding the weight of child sex trafficking. Right. And, and this, this is where I want to end it because Corey Diggs also did something very interesting that I want to show you. And, and again, I'm not, this is not a bad, I think Corey Diggs is doing good work and I want to, I'm, I, I think he's doing great stuff. And over here on his site, he's got this whole article shining light on the darkness of child trafficking. Sound of freedom premieres July 4th. And it's this, really good thing about how wonderful it is that this film is being made and what it's going to do and raise awareness and all of this. So I'm not, none of my complaints right now are against Corey Diggs. I just want to make that clear. But in the comments, the first comment that pops up is Corey. What the heck? I am shocked that you are promoting the sound of freedom, which I'm sure we'll, we'll hear complaints like this as well. 
I am nowhere near the research master that you are, and yet I have found many articles saying Tim Ballard is a con man and uh, Operation Underground Railroad is not a legitimate nonprofit organization, according to research that is out there for anyone to access. There is zero evidence that, uh, of one rescued or rehabilitated child. That's not true. And Tim, <laughs> Tim is a James Bond wannabe who has already stolen $50 million in donations. And this is his response. And I, this is this is why I want to end the episode this way. He says, Ellie, I'm promoting the movie because it puts a major spotlight on the level of child trafficking that is taking place on a global scale because not enough people are aware of it. In order to fight it and protect children, more people need to be made aware of it. As far as the $50 million in donations and the link to the two and a half year long investigation, that case was closed without charge after a long investigation and audits. And he links. See uh, here. Yeah. Yep. As far as the other mixed reporting on Tim himself, I have seen some things that concern me and others uh, that are opinion. Sorry, it's hard for me to read from this far away. And others that are opinion and not evidence-based vice. (laughs) Again, my focus is on making more people aware of the millions of children who are trafficked and not some alleged hero. Why our borders are critical and hope that more people will realize the severity of this uh, of the situation. I believe that Jim Caviezel is authentic and wanting to deliver that message as well. So when the guy who's done the most research on the links that everybody's bitching about on TikTok with five seconds of bad research yep. is saying, yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't, I don't think Tim Ballard's probably perfect, uh, but a lot of your claims are bullshit. Yeah. And this is why the movie's important. I think that's why at the end of the day, that to me says everything. Yeah. And that's why I, I stand with what I'm saying. This movie's important. Yes. You should see it. A lot of the complaints are dumb. <laughs> they're, they're coming from vice. Yeah. There's other things. Again, even this guy's like, eh, Tim Ballard. I don't know. I don't know either. Right. It's the, it's the movie's important and it's good. That's it's so sad that we had to do an hour and a half to say that about something that normally like we would be like, hey, guys, this is the thing we all think is bad that's going on. And we're shining a spotlight on it for the rest of the world to see. And maybe more can be done to stop this horrific thing that we're all obviously against. Instead, it's like, oh, you're (laughs) you're bought out. So dumb. It Jim Caviezel does this section at the end of the movie where he's like. We want to make this movie the Uncle Tom's Cabin of Child Sex Trafficking. So Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe was a fictional book that yep. aggregate aggregated a bunch of true stories. Based Maybe on, overblew a few of them. Who yep. cares? And what the book did was make people feel slavery in a way that they never felt it before. Yes. And and make them care about Uncle Tom. And everything that he went through. And that book did so much to end slavery. To get people moving to end slavery. And what Angel Studios and Jim Caviezel are hoping is that Sound of Freedom does the same thing for child sex trafficking. And if you can't get behind that, what is wrong with you? Thank you. (laughs) Seriously. What is wrong with you? This movie could have been entirely made up. And I would feel the same way about it. This is an important movie that people need to see. And I want to be I want to be fair to people. I understand that this stuff is so heavy. And it's really really hard to look at. And I understand that that there are some people out there who are looking for any excuse to not face it. 
And I think that a lot of the right-wing people who are saying, I'm not going to go see it because X, Y, Z, they're literally just looking for an excuse to not go see it because they don't want to carry the weight of that. Fine. Just be honest about it. Appreciate you guys. We'll be back next week with Nazi UFOs and more fun things than this. But uh, God bless everyone. Have a great night.